on the 250th episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast, the heroes return to where it all began. Baron Ashpeak, Dahlgreth Deathbringer, Metronarn, and Nestor Coins <laughs> appear in True Now. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Right in the inner quarter! With an urgent message. I will be direct with you now, for it is not the time for half measures. The Storm Tyrant is the greatest threat to ever face the free people of Galarian. But their warning may be too late. The world belongs to giants now. In the Storm Tyrant's name, the future ruler of our world, you shall perish. The march to the end begins now. What is going on, everybody? It's your old buddy, Troy LaValle here. It's Monday morning as I'm recording this, and I'm still coming down from the live airing of this episode you're about to listen to and the insane week and a half we just finished from Glass Cannon Live Boston to Androids and Aliens 100 Live to obviously what you're about to listen to where, for the first time ever, we went live with the Glass Cannon Podcast to celebrate our milestone 250th episode. I can honestly say it might have been the proudest I've ever been of anything we've made. Uh, I, I really think what you're about to listen to is a, a true testament to how far we've come as a network and also just as a gaming group because that's that's how this started. Before we knew anyone would listen to our show, it was just an opportunity for us to game more and, and our gaming group has has really grown and flourished over the years. And you know, as much work as I put into crafting the story for this episode in particular, just watching everyone sit back and effortlessly drop into some of the best role-playing I've ever heard any of them do you know, it's not like I need reassurance that we're onto something, but man, episodes like this really do remind me just how special this thing is, how special the Nash is. We didn't start this podcast with all of us already being minor celebrities or having come from other hit podcasts. We started with five unknown nerds in an apartment. And over the past five years, what we've built together, and by together, I mean you too, the Nash, it's astounding. And we still have so far to go. I mean, I was psyched that uh, we had 1,300 people watching for the entire four hours the other night when we went live with this. But I'm also not unaware that there are other shows that get 70,000 viewers a stream. I will not stop until we have 70,000 and one. And then, well, stop isn't the right word because then we really get to work. So please keep spreading the word about what we do. It's only a matter of time before we really catch fire. And the more people we reach, the more content we can produce, the more personalities we can bring onto the network, and and just the more joy we can bring people on a weekly basis, people that desperately need a trip in our imagination copter a few times a week. You already do so much. Keep spreading the good word. We love you, Nash. 
I hope we can see you at what will undoubtedly be an incredibly special Glass Cannon Live New York show in just a couple weeks. Flights and hotels are super cheap right now because of the worldwide pandemic, but that shit will boil over before March 28th. If they shut down the city of New York, I will do this show in the streets. We'll pass around a hat at the end. So please just come be a part of what will be a really special homecoming show at the Gramercy fucking theater. In the meantime... I hope you all enjoy uh, a very special episode 250 of the Glass Cannon Podcast, True Now As It Ever Was. June 16th, 2015. Maybe the 15th. You give me a weird look like it was the 15th. Pretty sure it was the 15th. But you know what? It was, <laughs> there were all different time zones. That's when we released episode one. <laughs> it's a different time two. zones, not, not dateline. De- <laughs> Don't worry about it. It was 16. <laughs> we released episodes one, two, and three of the Glass Cannon Podcast. That's right. Now, that's right. How many years? That's what, five years ago? What year is it now? Five years ago. Who's the president? <laughs> Almost five. Almost five. five. Almost five. Right, right, right. The way you were saying it, I was thinking it was June 16th and it was the five year anniversary or something. But that would have been cool, but yes. it didn't work out like that. <laughs> we should have done a live one on the 16th. I would have loved to have more time to prepare, but. We should do another one on the 16th. No, shut up. No, no, no. no. no, no we're never doing this again. Think we should commit to it right now. Uh, no, that's not true. This is going to be, uh, be a wild night. But can you imagine? Can you think, like, how this started in your apartment? We did it. We had, uh, you know, how many, how many uh, equipment upgrades have we had since that first episode? Huh. Well, I guess only really three. We've had four That's in the past true. week. I was going to say, every, <laughs> That's true. Every, every time I pull up the books, I see a new equipment upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Well, by equipment That's upgrade, I, of course, mean, like, <laughs> across the board, a lot of different things. Right. Uh, you know, we've updated the mixing board, but we've bought the same brand and the same model, but just right. the one that wasn't broken. You know what I mean? That's not an upgrade. <laughs> a non-broken one is always a good, good I, way I guess go. in a way, it's an upgrade from a Tips broken one. Tips for all you podcasters out there. Yeah. Go with the mixing board that's not broken. That's a tip we really don't throw out there enough. <laughs> You want a non-broken mixing board. Right. A mixing board that has all its channels working. A lot of people write in asking for that kind of advice, and I always neglect to even mention (laughs) it. We need to put that on on the to-do list of uh, things we send out. But, I mean, this is pretty crazy to think how far we've come. It is. And now we're doing this show live. Grant, how do you feel about that? I feel like this is one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels like a mistake. It feels awful. I hope everyone out there is enjoying it, because inside my belly, I feel nervous and sad. <laughs> mostly sad, right? Mostly yeah, sad. Mostly sad. Yeah, mostly sad. It's a lot more, uh, not fun, but it's just different to uh, to not have the cameras on. But we, we do this all the time now, especially with androids and aliens being live. Like, this is just a part of what we do. Well, but there's something about this show. It's just, it's different. Yeah, to me, it's not about the lights and the cameras and all that kind of stuff. It's about... The this story and the characters having no like working without a net now, yeah. you know what I mean? And and granted, like it's not like we've cut out a bunch of <laughs> characters dying in the past or anything like that. But like it is only that one time, only that one time, <laughs> which we won't mention. But no, it is very uh, nerve wracking to when we first went out for the live tour with Strange Aeons. It was like, yeah, there would be stakes, but it was all new characters. And we always knew they were on the line. And tonight is just different. I mm-hmm. mean, everything is very raw. We've never gone 
fun this raw with our flagship show. No, especially with our milestone apps. You know, this is something we build this as, you know, 100, 200, 250. It's going to have a different feel uh, from our normal episodes. And so that's added pressure. And and, and I don't know, I, at least for me, I just feel very precious about this show. It's uh, We put a lot of work, we put a lot of work into all of our shows, but this is something we've been working on for five years. We've never missed a week yep. with this show. And so... Um, and we've never, none of us have ever missed an episode. Never missed an episode on any of our shows, for that matter, um, except the shows that are designed for characters to switch in and out. Um, you know, I don't know. We're also late in the game. It's not like a level one combat. You know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, crazy stuff that could happen, and I plan on it happening. Oh, dear. Um, but, you know, I, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, this is obviously a, a big, a big uh, move forward for us. And uh, if it goes well, we can all retire young. <laughs> that would be Yep. That would be great. Tonight'll be the launch pad <laughs> to retiring young. Uh, everyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> you just be retired. You just be retired. Just be retired. <laughs> the rare self zing on the glass <laughs> podcast. Just yeah, gotta no, start with normally the there's no room for the self zing. I know. Because <laughs> Troy just zings you all day long. Sorry, I'm I'm a little like I, I don't get nervous or anything like that, but I feel not uh, performance nervous, but I feel like fucking jazzed up and amped. There's just so much yes. information. Here and we've had a crazy couple of weeks with Glass Cannon Live Boston last week, Androids and Aliens 100 this past Monday, and now the, it just never stops. But this has been the the craziest stretch we've had since we started the network. Yeah, and so you know, I, there's really there's really no time like the present to just fucking close our eyes and jump in. Yeah, let's do it. This is the end of our like hell week. This is it. Yeah, until the next Hell Week. Until, well, there will be more <laughs> Hell Weeks, but yeah. this is the end, and I'm excited for tonight. I'm so excited to play tonight. I'm excited because I, I think this is the kind of episode, and this is just the type of show that I, you know, I've been trying to build with this, that rewards people that really listen. You know, Oh, yeah. I want someone to be able to have never listened to this and enjoy it because we're having a good time, but I want the people that have listened and re-listened or just analyze everything to to have payoff with episodes like this. Yeah. So you don't want to re- reward anyone sitting at this table currently. Correct. No one has closely listened. Right, right. No. <laughs> okay. Only Joe and I have listened to every other four episodes. <laughs> I listen back. Yeah. Well, not regularly, but like when it comes to story moments that I want to see come to fruition and stuff, I'll listen back. It's shocking how different the audio is in the pre-100 episodes. Really? Right? Yeah. Not bad. Just different. Uh, especially, Troy sounds far away. And, uh, you know, I had the body mic because yeah. we were using the map and shit. You couldn't be in you didn't want your motion to be inhibited. I know. I, I wanted to explore the space, <laughs> right, from really? time to time. And explore you did. I used to be able to see. Yeah, and now I. <laughs> That's how long we wait. So you used to be able to see, and then you lost the ability to see, and now you've regained the ability. To now see? I've regained. The, I'm like a super. I've leveled up. <laughs> I've leveled up. It took me five years. I've you got some up. negative levels. Right, I got some negative levels from the age, the age effects. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then you've leveled up. I found the magic goggles of seeing. You're right, though. It is getting kind of out of control how much story there is now at 250 episodes. Like, as I think back, uh, the amount of characters and the amount of storylines that are going every which way and plot arcs and everything... It's unlike any campaign I've ever played before by a long shot. Right. And we've had some great campaigns before we started this show. Yeah. Like stories that, you know, were our, were our favorite campaigns in the time. But I don't know. This it just feels special. It also feels special for us because everything that this company is built on started with this one show. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, my goal is to make you and the audience cry at some point tonight. But I think I'm going to catch myself if I don't uh, start this up pretty soon. Because if you really think about it, this is fucking crazy. 
that we're here and that we get to do this now uh, for a living. Um, it's uh, it's wild. And so thank you, uh, the people who watch us, and uh, thank you, the people who listen. Uh, I hope that we continue to uh, provide uh, exciting entertainment and good stories for many years to come until Matthew's inevitable early death at the tender <laughs> age of 38. Don't joke. All right, I think about that constantly. He does. He's <laughs> he always does. thinking about that. You shouldn't say that. Said it this week. I just want to get you on edge before we start. Well, Perfect. speaking of that, I have a bone to pick with you. Ooh, I love picking bones. Are you aware of the, the opportunity we missed by doing 250 live? Oh, I knew it was going to be something shitty. This is, do, you know, do, you, do you understand how cool a number 251 is? Not as cool as 250. No, it's much cooler. Here, right. we, go. Here we go. I'll tell you. I would cut this out. Is it prime? Podcast. <laughs> it is prime. Yeah! It's also a Sophie Germain prime. What does that mean? It's a Chen prime, an Eisenstein prime, a Depolygac number. I don't want to know all of those. It is a sum of three consecutive primes. And, uh, and the sum of seven consecutive primes. Can you just explain to me what one of those weird primes is? I don't want to hear every single one of them. What's a Sophie Preston prime? A Sophie prime? Germain prime? Sophie Germain. Uh, Matthew doesn't even know what they are. He no, just wanted to, to bring up a list. I'm not a number. I'm not a number. He wants a prom with Sophie Germain. Let's give a shout out. Uh, <laughs> cheap shout out. Cheap plugs. A prime number P so- is a Sophie Germain prime if 2P plus 1 is also prime. Well, I would, I'm sorry I asked. That's terrible. So 501 is also prime. Who cares? Well, maybe, 503 maybe we'll do But I mean, I'm serious. Live instead of 500. Man, I know I'm not a mathematician, but who cares if <laughs> two times X plus one is also prime? I haven't done high level math in so long. And I was like, there aren't letters in math. Two P. Get out of here with that. Next, you're going to tell me there's an X and a Y. I bet you there's a bunch of math nerds listening like, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the stuff at your main prime. Yeah. I've been waiting for this for 250 hours. I'm going to pause the video. I can't believe he said this. It's your man, Brad. Oh, man. Well, well, that would have been nice if you had been able to think about, uh, you know, beyond even numbers. Nope. Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to shit on anything you come up with. Uh, you at least been able to think of poor, poor Sophie Germain. <laughs> poor Sophie Germain, who died at the tender age of 38. Not unlike Matthew. <laughs> Jeez. Let's jump in. Sophie Germain. Oh, she, di- she died at the age of 55. Oh, my favorite number. <laughs> That's right. Because it's when she died. Stop stalling. We're, we're doing this. We're going to go right. in. I, I'd love to just talk about numbers, but there's a lot of story to tell, and I'd like to get home uh, before the sun comes up. <sighs> Here we go. We're going to start with darkness. You want me to like turn the lights off or something? No. just want to make sure you check your email. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally checking his right. email. <laughs> My watch buzzed. <laughs> to be fair, I was checking it when he did the the uh, extremely dramatic sound. <laughs> I sent you something before we went live. Darkness, and in that darkness, a voice rises out of the colorless void. It says, "What do you see today?" My daughter. Oh, yeah. We back away from the void to reveal an adolescent Feyraza Alced staring into a mirror. Behind her, her father and namesake, Farzadir Alced, stands watching, training her in the art of walking through time. 
I see a castle in the clouds. It's beautiful. <laughs> it all I hear is voices crying out in pain. There is a battle. They're killing each other. It's it's horrible. She pulls away from the mirror, overwhelmed by the sight of so much death. I do not know what it means. Her father nods. Simple scrying is something anyone can do with time and study. It allows you to primarily observe the present, the now, to learn superficial facts. What we do, my daughter, is different. The power that I was given when I was brought into this circle is the power that has been passed on to you. And if you have children one day, it will be passed on to them as well. We see all of time. We feel its pain, its joy, its loss, and its triumph. We watch, we learn, and we prepare. How can I see more clearly? For so long I have taught you to only watch. But someday I will no longer be here. And while others of our order will attempt to finish what I have begun... Only I can pass on the rest of this power to you. Long ago, my child, I was the answer to a prophecy. If the rest of the prophecies are to come true, then you must learn this gift before I soar upon the wind. Reza looks at her father with a, a deep, intense sadness in her eyes. Look into the glass. Look, but close your eyes and listen to my voice. See what comes to you. Seen with not only your eyes, but with your mind's eye. See it so deeply that you are there. And his voice just trails off and Feyraz's pupils disappear and then reopen again. But now she's no longer staring into a mirror. She's standing in a desert. And it's a desert you recognize but all of the buildings that are normally there, the buildings that you grew up with, they're all in ruins around you, with the exception of one giant pyramid that has always towered over your circle. And in the shadow of the pyramid is a small tent. There's a fire pit outside that is still smoking like someone put it out recently. Slowly you walk towards the tent when suddenly the sand around you begins to stir. 
we go from that scene to now seeing a modest manor house. There is a garden to the left. The smell of uh, peonies wafts through the air as a handful of townspeople walk by pulling beasts of burden along. Into this serene scene walk Adriel Ashpeak <laughs> and Sir Willem McKeswick. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you can see from Sir Will's eyes that he either recognizes the place or at least knows the place from stories. We see the word Bronstone etched over the entryway into the manor house. Sir Will takes a deep breath and knocks. After a moment, a man answers. Eyes you, Sir Will sees the Keswick crest emblazoned on your shield. It doesn't say a word. I've come armed for combat. <laughs> uh, Roll for initiative. <laughs> um, Sir Will's just like, Good day, sir. I am sorry to disturb you. I do not wish to appear without first announcing myself, but I'm afraid it was a bit of a rush. Um, I am Sir Willimit Keswick of Highbury. I seek Sophia Keswick. I know this was her home, and I don't know if, if you've heard word of her whereabouts. The mention of your name, his eyes start welling up with tears, and when you finish, he just, like, falls into an embrace with you and looks over your shoulder and sees, Adriel, is he a friend to us? Yes, I'm so sorry. Forgive my manners. This is my traveling companion and friend, Adriel Ashpeak. He looks, like, to the left and the right, make sure you weren't followed or if there's anyone else around. It's like, come, Will, and come, Adriel. She has been waiting for you. She... she is here. Come, quickly. He looks at Adriel, like, eyes wide for a second, and then turns and then runs into the place. So he escorts the both of you into the house down a hallway and upstairs to a single door and he just looks at the door still tears in his eyes and nods at you your name sir what is it Ben 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 Siva <laughs> yes uh, we were singing the Growing Pains theme earlier. <laughs> so it was on my mind. He's telling the truth. <laughs> I have seen it in the play. I've seen it in the play. Adriel Cass, Zone of Truth. But I spell it differently. It's S followed by 17 E's, a V, and just an R. Oddly, there is no... 18th E <laughs> between the V and the R. Ran out of E's. <laughs> but I must that go. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> be absurd. Just be absurd in this fantasy world. <laughs> Mr. Siva, I 
Thank you for your hospitality. Your pronunciation is impeccable. <laughs> Sometimes people really overdo it with those 17. <laughs> but no, they don't, they don't know that the 10th through 12th are silent. <laughs> mostly silent. You truly are, Keswick. <laughs> Somebody silent. You truly are Keswick. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye, Ben. He just leaves you in front of this door. So Will's going to reach down, grab the doorknob, open the door. Not going to check for traps. It's <laughs> good on that. Flamestack trap. Uh, you open the door, and I mean, you can picture this scene. You, you open the door, and there is a, a figure standing at the window uh, with her back to you, looking out. And she's backlit, but you know this is your mother. As the door opens, she's like slow motion turns and sees you and just rushes at you, embraces, tears. Mother, we'll admit you're alive. Drops you're alive. The shield. You're alive. Pick up your shield like your father always said. No. <laughs> it's just, she's just weeping, embracing. Are you weeping? Oh, yeah. 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 He's overcome with emotion. He had so much. Doubt. I would even say yeah. certainty that she couldn't have made it. And Adriel insisted that she could. And right. that she had. And he just didn't believe it. So, yeah, he's just, like, overcome with emotion. In my heart, I knew you lived. But to see you here in the flesh, how, how, how did you know to find me here? How, how did you? How? <clears throat> he composes himself, stands back, stands straight. How did you escape? How? She looks at Adriel. In, who is this? I'm, so, I'm sorry, I've forgotten again. This is my traveling companion and friend, Adriel Ashpeak. Well uh, met. Well met, my lady. I'm an analyst of sorts. I specialize in long-term forecasting. <laughs> he... He was convinced, Mother, that you had survived, that you had escaped the attack on Highbury. I was there, Mother. It was horrible. It was horrible. It is... I don't know if you've heard, but there's nothing left. Have, has anyone contacted you? Has anyone else survived? No, Will, no. There's, there's no one left. Please, come in and sit. Oh, there's so much to tell you, Will. I do not know even where to begin but you asked on how I escaped I don't know if you would remember this you were gone with the Knights of Ozum and then with your other charges but oftentimes when your father was at war in the world wound I would walk the courtyard at night worrying of his return it became a a meditation for me when I felt that all was lost. And one night I was taking one of those such walks. The moon was out, but it was still dark, and I stopped to admire the ivy growing up the tower walls when a figure appeared as if out of thin air in my periphery. I tried to scream for the guards, a natural reaction, but no words came out. The man, as I could tell from his voice, assured me that I was in no danger, no danger from him at least. 
Then he spoke some more. First thing I remember is that his voice sounded so familiar to me. Even now I can't quite place it. And I could not see his face. But he began to speak of your brother, Bartholomew. And told me that he was planning on murdering every man, woman, and child in Highbury and raising them as his own undead army. If I wasn't so fearful of this stranger and what he said, I would have laughed. This was my son, I said. He had problems like any young boy, but we sent him off to, to school, to study, to be cured, and he returned a pious man. Or so I thought. I would not believe this shrouded stranger. Why, I asked him, why would you tell me such such falsehoods, such untruths? I demanded, who, who was he, I asked. All he said is that he was a friend. A friend of yours, Willamette. And then he showed me things. My son showed me visions of your brother, Bartholomew, copulating with an undead abomination. He showed me my husband, your father, dying in the world wound. And he told me that soon Bartholomew would have me killed as well and raised for some nefarious purpose. I demanded proof. Proof that this wasn't all some lie or sorcerer's trick. So he brought me into the castle to a room where your brother Benric was. And he showed me what Bartholomew did to my son. And she just starts crying. You saw him then? I did. I had feared you had left before he... before he was killed. I know it sounds awful, Mother, but I... it comforts me to know that you left after he had died. That you didn't leave him behind. I had thought the worst... I had thought he had been left alone, and you know he could not fend for himself. He tried so hard for so long. The fact that he was alive at all was a testament to his strength. But in the end, could not stand up to that kind of evil. How many doctors, how many wizards did we bring over the years to try and cure him? To no avail. And to see what... Bartholomew could do to his own flesh and blood, to his brother. I knew he would do the same to me, that this stranger was telling the truth. When most of Highbury fell in line with Bartholomew, there were some who stayed loyal to me, quietly, wary of the sudden changes Bartholomew was, was making, unaware of what he was really doing. One such person was a 
Highbury guard, a paladin of Iomade, who I knew I could trust. She gave me her uniform, and along with another guard, I was ferreted away here to Bronstone. That woman surely perished, but she saved me. Will starts to get tears in his eyes. Such incredible bravery. The Knights of Iomidae. They tried so valiantly, Mother, the Knights of Ozum. They fought so hard against the tumbling wave of undead, but there was nothing they could do. I was lucky to have found such powerful companions in Metra and Silvermane. Adriel was there as well. He saw it himself. They ferreted me away. And now we are both alive to tell the tale, which gives me hope. I don't know, I feel that I've been lacking faith for so long, Mother. But seeing you changes things. I too have struggled with faith as of late. This man who came to me, everything in my heart told me he was evil. He told me that in order to save myself and you, I should flee and that you would find me here eventually. Everything that this man has said would happen, has happened. Will's eyes widen. He said I would meet you here. Yes. Mother, I... I beg you to remember... Many, many years ago... You say the voice is familiar. Yes. Think back. Think back to... Dr. Forsyth. A... Forsyth. A principal, he said... Who had come to... Take me to a school for gifted halflings or some such. Yes, yes, he ended up not taking you. What does he have to... Was that the voice? It was so long ago, but perhaps it was. Mother, he leans forward, grabs her hands. Mother, I have found that Dr. Forsyth is an imposter of the most horrible kind. He has infiltrated our family. He has orchestrated the the lives of many of my friends and allies towards some hideous end. What that end is, I know not, though I do know what his mission is. It is eternal life, no matter what form it takes. He was among us, a devil in disguise, a demon hidden among us. I did not know until I reached the Cathedral of Minderhall. Took me a second. (laughs) The Cathedral of Minderhall. He spoke to me and I recognized him. It was chilling, Mother. My blood ran cold. You must. No, you must. I'm sorry. If this was the voice, it is very important that we know. We all could be in a great deal of danger. Perhaps it was. He knew of Bartholomew's plan, Mother. He, he orchestrated the fall of Highbury. This man who saved me, but why? Why would he do this? He, 
came to me in a dream not long after I left. At the time, I thought it was a dream, but yet it felt so real. Felt as if he was there with me. When I woke up, it was as if things had changed. He told me how special you are, Will, and how he had been watching over you his whole life, grooming you from afar to help you unlock your true potential. Perhaps this was the doctor's plan all along. I don't know, but he said that you and your friends, the friends you speak of, this Adriel and Metra, and Silvermane. And Silvermane are the only hope for saving the world. What am I to believe? He saved my life. Perhaps he somehow saved yours. But every time I look to Shailen for answers, she tells me this man is pure evil. He did, Mother. He saved my life. He had the chance to kill me, and he chose not to. He has some grand plan, some web he is weaving. I don't know what it is, but I do know that he is evil. It he serves only his own ends. And if it is I that am to become a savior of the world, and that is what is to become of my friends, then I assure you he only wills it because it serves his ends. I can't see it either. I've prayed for guidance, but I've gotten nowhere. Adriel has been of some help in guiding me, thinking about things in a different way. Thank you for counseling, my son. It is my pleasure, my lady. It pleases me to see Sir Will finally hear what he needed to hear from you. Every night I pray to Shailen for answers, to know what the truth is, and every night I see the same thing, Willamette. And Adriel, perhaps you can shed light on this as well. I see the swaying walls of a hanging monastery. Navali, a Thessalonian relic constructed by the room lord of sloth, as my wet nurse would tell us when I was a child. What goes on there to this day, no one knows. It was a story he would tell to frighten children, but it exists, this monastery. But the monastery itself is not important. It is but a way marker, I believe, that Shailen has shown me because just east of there in this dream lies an abandoned temple my visions tell me that you are to head there deep within the foothills of the mine spins but my child I do not know if salvation lies there or this devil in disguise I put my faith in the eternal rose. But this is your quest now. Mother, I thank you for your guidance. It, it seems that your dreams could light our path. Adriel has been kind enough for quite uh, so many days now to travel here with me and protect me through the Bandit strewn roads from here between here and Trunau. You spoke often of a road ahead, Adriel, that we must seek. I thought that perhaps you already know it, but maybe 
this is it. Perhaps. Perhaps you, you need to meditate on it. All I know of this moment is that the old evils have awoken again and they cast a long shadow upon this earth. But the light that emanates from the last night of Highbury should be the key to break the darkness. I have longed to see you again, my son. The thought of you leaving me at this moment, knowing that Knowing the unknown, if we shall see each other again, pains me. May the rose and the light be with you always, my son. You are the last knight of Highbury. <laughs> you are the last Keswick for Highbury. For Highbury. Ben Zebra pops in. Fiber! <laughs> Fiber! Mother, I. <laughs> Sorry, I missed it. Uh, show me that smile again. <laughs> Mother, I. It pains me as well to leave you. You know that if I could stay, I would. It gives me great, great joy to see you here alive. However, I have sworn an oath. Not only to Highbury, but to the Knights of Ozum, and by extension, to those they send me to protect, to now, and and I am under the charge of Sheriff Ashpeak, who sent me to see you. It has been a long road, but I must find my way back. This, this at least gives me a direction to begin. I... I don't know, I feel quite invigorated. There is so much evil and hatred in the world. We stand now at the precipice of two horrible evils, two armies, an army of giants, an army of undead. Thank the goddess they have not joined forces yet, but I don't know how to fight them myself. We must gather people. We must find a way to fight back, but I've never felt more faithful that it could happen than I do now. There is, of course, Branda. And his expression darkens, looking at Adriel. We shall have to try to understand. But in the meantime, you've never led me astray, Mother, and I feel that I must do my part, such as it is. And I... I know now... I know now that this chapel is something I must seek. And that Iomade leads my way. Along with... Adriel. And... His dragon kin. Which is, like, painful for Will to say. It's like coming around on this. Well, but, doesn't she also remember, like, scooping you out of the ashes as well? Mm, that's not 100%, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> she knows that her, his family was killed by dragons. Okay. Yeah. But, so, like, even that to her is, like, weird yeah, for you to say. Yeah, it would be weird. So, like, he was hesitant for a second, but he's like, you know, everything you've said so far has come true, and this is, you know, you were his, you were his rock the whole way here that his mm-hmm. mother was still alive. So he has to give you a little faith now. 
And it's just that general, like, his faith is so shaken, and to have anything start to, like, of course, it really could have just gotten lucky. Hmm. But I choose not to believe that. I choose to believe there is something greater going on here. There is one more thing. You will need some help on the way. An old friend of yours came here as if he knew that you would one day return. She calls to Ben Saver. Bye, <laughs> and uh, that's the, those are the only words he speaks now. <laughs> that's how he answers his summons. <laughs> Bye, Bray. T. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll be right back. <laughs> she uh, she nods to him. He goes back. Moments later, you hear padding on the floor as Lexington. No way, dude! Oh. Jumps on your face and oh. licks. Oh, I thought you were gonna say he jumps in your face and tears your throat. Tears your limb for limb. He's gone feral, unfortunately. He's and, undead. And then Ben puts him down. He's a worshiper of Urgathoa. <laughs> what a real turn! Ben oh, jumps on you, licks your face, and from there we fade out. Don't let anybody tell you you're an asshole, Troy. That was very nice. Thank you. Lexington is back. Ah, Lexington! Wow. Zap. <clears throat> Baron Ashpeak. Dahlgreth Deathbringer. Metronarn and Nestor Coins. <laughs> appear in True Now. <laughs> oh, my oh my God! Right in the inner quarter. Ah, oh, so crazy. You Are, did the old Zapparoo there very recently. I did. Yeah. Sometimes less than... Uh, Less than on purpose. Yeah. It was a t- total accident. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you're back. And not unlike your arrival here, you come into the inner quarter and there are people just like, oh, I'm late for work. What the fuck? Or <laughs> <laughs> people just teleported into our tiny little town. And it, it, it's not long before you're just immediately surrounded and people, uh, you hear, it's, it's, it's the sheriff. It's Baron. It's, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's that woman that appeared. You start hearing the rumbles uh, and whatnot. How far we've come. From the tug of war that started in this town. Just incredible! But the one constant, Baron Ashpeak. Oh, so true. Redheart. Redheart at the time. Back in the day. Nay. Nay. Nay, Redheart. Nay, N-A-Y. Nay. Nay. Redheart. I love that. I like you know, that it works both ways. When I was pre- preparing for <laughs> this today, I, was, I went back to try and find an early, early email chain uh, <laughs> we had going in like pre-production. And uh, I think the day we recorded episode one was like the second time you and I ever were in a room together. Is I that think correct? So. Yeah. You, you yeah. sat in one of my Jade sessions, and uh, that <laughs> it was, was the, the third second or time. fourth. I, I honestly don't. Well, know. you were. Uh, there was one time you broke a chair at Skit's house. Were you there? No, I think that happened after that we started after the we podcast. Started. That yeah. was after we this was oh, the what? second time I ever met you. It was, it was also, I think, the second chair you broke. No, I think that was the first much, chair you broke. I broke a lot of chairs. How much furniture of Skid's have you broken? But more than I can count. Who, who, who's counting, really? <laughs> right. This isn't a, this is, we're not keeping score here. <laughs> no, when I pitched Grant to you for the pod, uh-huh. you had never met him. And I had played some. Well, no, he, he, he guessed it in Jade Regent that one time. And I was like, what about that Grant guy? He seemed cool. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, this, I'm telling you, episode one was the second time I ever met him. And so I went back and I found, there was a lot of email going back and forth, and I found the email chain where this all began. Uh, you were originally thinking of doing a John Wayne-type ranger, as the way you wrote to me. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was the, wow. his original thing. And then I, I screenshotted this email. You, I, uh, I wrote to you, I was like, hey, Graham, we're getting close to, uh, need, I, I need to start doing some prep here. What are you thinking? And you were like, not decided yet. Dot, 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 dot. Troy, are gunslingers allowed? Question <laughs> <laughs> mark. And wow. I, I wrote, actually, this was to reply all. I was like, hmm, 17 M's. Let me see. I've always loved the idea. What a dummy. <laughs> I just, you were so young and stupid, so stupid. back then. Uh, I just need to see how they'd function since they seem so modern in comparison. I'll let you know, but my initial feeling is, fuck yeah. <laughs> I remember this email. I remember that email. I remember yeah. this email, too. And then I said, let me read a little more and see if it would work. I didn't read anymore. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Uh, it's amazing. That's crazy. It's amazing. It's five episode 50s now. Yeah, five fifties, and there's always something crazy that happens in each one. So, oh. and we're back in true now. We are back in true now. Oh my god, true easy comes rushing back. But in, I know you stopped keeping a calendar, but is this? We always talk about this, and I always forget. Is it weeks, months since we have started this? It's been months. Months. It's been months. I had a calendar for a while, but like every GM, I gave it up. Yep. Uh, I would say it is probably in the November December range. I think you started in August. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of spitballing and bebopping and scatting here. But thinking of where I was with the calendar, uh, I think uh, the only thing that would screw me up is like when you did crafting that lasted a week. But you've pretty much been like, the thread is, we got to get we got to move on. So I think... I'm going to guess we started in September. That's my guess. You, you did, but I moved it a little bit because I wanted an Iomade holiday to land for Sir Will. So oh, I started okay. late August. Because I remember when Sir Will got there, when we left Trunal together for the first time, that was like deep into fall. Yeah. Because I remember moving through the mountains and the leaves were falling. Leaves are such an image. I can still see it. Yeah. Heading to Nargum Steelhand's tomb. Well, just again coming back and probably seeing more and more of the town being rebuilt and people living yeah. their lives has got to yeah. make Baron feel very happy. Yeah, um, we've, there, there has to have been a lot of work done while we've been gone. Oh, yeah. While the you've walls been... are all, all completely built back up. You know, there's like there's, it's different kinds of wood, so you can see like where it was destroyed. Um, looks like the ramparts are, are up. The towers are being rebuilt, and they've made it better um, than what it was before. So it's good that the city got sieged and everybody got killed. Um, Every once in a while, you got to hit the restart. You got to hit the restart button. Uh, so you guys arrive there, and the crowd is starting to gather. And Nestor, roll a perception check. Ooh. Uh, gonna be honest. I forgot Nestor was here. I'm here. For a second, I was like, oh, man, this really is a throwback episode. I thought you could say, I gotta be honest. I I forgot we rolled dice. It's the sheriff (laughs) and that weird lady who fell into the town. And, oh, yeah, that guy who murdered that person. Hello. (laughs) Remember me? (laughs) The murderer. The 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 known criminal. Multiple murderer. Yeah. Uh, That was a 33 for old Nestor. 33. While there's a lot happening here, you see that Metra is kind of giving an odd look to Baron, and Dalgrith is doing the same, and they're all kind of looking. They have, like, a shared thing happening that you're not a part of. And then you hear a click. I've been waiting a long time for this partner. You stole a man's life away from him before he was supposed to die. And you took a friend away from me. 
So tell me something. Are you ready to repent before you meet judgment? No, wait, wait one moment. Wait a moment. Can we discuss this like civilized people are going to have this gun to my head the entire time? Uh, oh, there'll be discussion. Don't worry about it, but I'm keeping this gun right at it where it is. But I'm a lawman, not a judge. I already showed you how biased I was. I think you should be executed for what you did. And he grips the pistol as it's shaking by his head. But that ain't justice if it comes from my hand. If I killed you, I'd be no different than you. You killed a man out of spite and hate. And I can't do that. All right. All right. Calm down. Let's everybody be. Let's everybody be cool. Right? <laughs> I just want to say that Dogwraith isn't doing this. <laughs> yeah. That's his job. Yeah, I'm utterly shocked. <laughs> listen, 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 mate. If you want if you want to have a trial, if you want to have this out, look, I'm game. Guards start coming in. Sheriff, is everything all right? Hold one moment. I thought I could compromise my code and use you like a weapon. Use your killer's edge to slice through the giants. You can't squirm your way out of this one, Nestor. I thought one evil could end another, but I learned something else. You know what that is? What? Don't leave me suspense. I learned you can use a man up to a point. You can even use the talents of a man you don't see eye to eye with. Work together. But you can't use a wild animal. A rabid dog can't guard your home. (laughs) A rabid dog has to be put down because a rabid dog ain't no goddamn sense or got no morals. A dog like you can't be healed. A dog like you deserves to meet justice. Guard, seize this man. Take him to the Council of the Defenders. Oh, what? Shit. You get a bottle cap. <laughs> yeah, Dude, you do. What was it? A rabid dog can't guard your home? That's a great line. <laughs> I looked over to it and I was like, it's a good point. Dude. It's a good point. Uh, so, yeah, I, the guards come in and just put you in in fetters and manacles and they haul you off to jail where it all began and we fade out of that scene Uh-oh. holy crap <laughs> come on man and we fade Can't back catch. up on the ivory hall oh. back in the room with the council of defenders at the head of the table, this chief defender, Halgra of the Blackened Blades. Hmm. I always forget her, the extra part of her moniker. So badass. One side of the table sits uh, Counselor Agrit Stagenstar, the uh, dwarf, married to Sarah Morninghawk. Uh, next to her is Counselor and Banker Lessie Crumpkin, and then High Priestess Tyari Varvados. Both, of course, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> so stupid. Still. <laughs> Never not funny. I love it. Dozens every time. Every time. <laughs> I love it. Every time. <laughs> it was High Fidelity, Zeta, and... Uh, what's Entrapment. Sean Entrapment. Connery. Entrapment. <laughs> Never not funny. Uh, that's why I sat them next to each other. <laughs> I didn't even put them on opposite sides. <laughs> well, and we have the third one now, too. <laughs> Who's the third one? 
Agrid Sagenstar. She's the oh, she's ca- she's CGI oh, Catherine Zeta right. Jones. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot about that. And they're all on one side. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Do you think the older Catherine Zeta Jones likes it when the younger one is asked if they're sisters by some <laughs> I mean, of the public? Oh, oh, of course. How nice of you to say. Uh, on the other side of the table is Counselor Sarah Morninghawk uh, from Clamor. Wasn't that the name of her? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Clamor uh, was, was had to be rebuilt, right? Had to be, dude. It burned to the ground. Down. All we, of it had to be rebuilt. Yeah, you, I remember Lork was like. Gorms almost died in that episode. That's true. true. That was almost our first death, almost and I think that death. was. It was only like a. It was fourteen. A, I want to say up fourteen is my. I guess. was only saved by the, uh, the twenty percent mischance. Oh, that's right. And I rolled. It was like very close. I feel like it was like twenty three or something ridiculous. Anyways, you survived. Uh, next to her is Patrol Leader Jagrin Graf, and uh, the new counselor. Brynja Calver. Remember, she was brought on uh, to not replace Kesson Plum as the master of stores or whatever he was, but just to take his seat. Um, on the opposite end of the table... <laughs> to add uh, a more diverse panel. Right. They want, the they're idea. trying to be more progressive, so they're putting some hat. And it was, uh, whatchamacallit's... On the council. Johnsky. It was Silvermane's suggestion. Right. Silvermane said you should put her on. They needed some youth. Uh, some some youth, and also it, there had never been a half orc on the uh, council before, and you know that the en- enmity between humans and even dwarves and half orcs has been going on in uh, oh. Trinau and all the holds of Belkson for a long time. I always forget this. So Halgra is human; she just uh, has no problem having half orc. She has half orc, tons of half orc children, right. and they're running around the ivory hall, as far as the eye can see. Got it. Uh, at the opposite end of the table is, of course, the master of maps and used cars, uh, Tom Exposition. Oh God! Uh, oh God! I, I show up. And every milestone app. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, noticeably absent, it was Silvermane. Normally, he would be standing uh, next to Halgra of the Blackened Blades, but he's not there. So long ago, he appeared and gave you a, uh, what was it? A lantern. A lantern. To go through the, the marsh? Yes. Can I just tell you, it was a very exciting moment at home. Uh, Gwen has gotten super into Disney's Brave. I don't know who has oh, seen Brave because it's not super popular. But uh, Will-O-Wisps are a big thing in that because oh, right. it's a very like, Celtic sort of story. Really? Mm-hmm. And Gwen, I'm just getting chills thinking about it because she says, Daddy, you got to come see the wisps. See the wisps. She uh, follows the wisps to the witch's cave. And you're like, I know wisps, honey. She's running. Yeah, she's like running through the wisps. Daddy and I was like, same Daddy thing. once got a lantern <laughs> and had to find a wisp to put in it to find the standing stones. Daddy. And by the way, there's totally standing stones in this movie because it's Scotland. a total Scotland right. Celtic like story and uh, it was just awesome. I Daddy was like, also this is why bought a Will-O-Wisp. Exactly. His name was Moss Moon. His name was Moss Moon. This is why this game is the greatest game on earth. <laughs> just it the truly best. is. And now that we when we started the show you didn't even have a kid. Because I didn't say now you can share that story. Lork got a lantern. I said I got a lantern. Yeah. This is a memory yeah. of mine, you know? Um, She's going to be so confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Silvermane isn't there. Everybody else is. Um, there's a lot of people in here. Uh, cursed isn't even in here. It's Jagrin is on the council, not Cursed. Halgra Are speaks, we here? Uh, Baron, Metra, and Dalgrith are here. Nestor is probably in the jail where he was first met by Baron and Lork so long ago. Halgra says, uh, played by Ms. Melissa McCarthy, right? Um, <laughs> Sheriff Redheart, 
I wish we were seeing each other again under better circumstances. We will discuss the prisoner momentarily, but my men tell me you have dire tidings from the mine spins. And Baron reaches to take off his hat that's not there, because he remembers taking it off the last time he was at a council of the defenders, and he says, Chief Defender Halgra, esteemed council members, Tom. Yes! <laughs> hey! I'm here too! I contribute nothing! Uh, and Baron, of course, introduces Dalgrith, his esteemed strike team Delta companion, as well as Metra. And when seen Metra. At the mention of Dalgrith's name, you see people being like, is that the Dalgrith Deathbringer? You know what's funny? <laughs> he's looking around, he's like, I've been here before! <laughs> oh, it was ages ago, but I recognize the town. I didn't know this was true now. <laughs> this Ivory Hall is quite an interesting place. I've been a place just like this. This has to be the town. Years ago, I passed through with my mentor at the time. It's a long story. It's irrelevant now, but who was nice to meet y'all. I might have met some of you before. There was an older uh, druid fellow, white hair, I remember. He's not here anymore, I guess, but he was there at the time. Who was your mentor, Dalgrief? Uh, he was uh, my um, <clears throat> my mentor, uh, Yorick. Yorick, Yorick, yes. Bl- uh, Blackbow, Yorick, Blackbow, B- Black. You know the famous Yorick Blackbow. I, I knew him. Horatio, I, I knew him. <laughs> I knew him well. I knew him. Yes, I knew yes. him well. So at that Mr. time, Mr. you know, of course, Mr. I was. Mr. Deathbringer, please, I, oh, I, I appreciate uh, your enthusiasm. I'm just happy to be back. Good to see the town still standing here on the edge of the holes of Bilkson. Yes, yes. Welcome back, Tom. Please. Um, <laughs> now it is Shall time we? for me to share my report. Yes, please, Chief Defender Halgra. I will be direct with you now, for it is not the time for half measures. Half measures will mean the end of the world as we know it. The Storm Tyrant is the greatest threat to ever face the free people of Galarian. He is a massive giant and he is assembling giants from every corner of charted territory. We believe him to be behind the attack on True Now some months ago, of which we are all survivors. Forever may the dead rest. His followers were amassed at the ruins of... Not you guys. <laughs> not these two. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm having a moment with the Trunauians. Uh His followers were amassed at the ruins of Red Lake Fort. Multitudes more trained giant warriors lay in Minderhall's Valley and a brigade in Skiergard. Now, we routed them all, but today the Storm Tyrant has an entire army camped outside of Ash Peak Volcano. And if that weren't a grim enough reality for you, he somehow assembled dragons to his ranks. We've killed many there, but there are more where that came from. One whom took mercy upon me for some reason. But regardless, the Storm Tyrant rides the largest red dragon I've ever seen in my life. I watch with my own eyes. At the mention of dragon, you see them all sort of look at each other, uh, Halgra included. But they don't interrupt you. I watched with my own eyes as the combined might of the dwarves of Kragadan fell to the fire and fury of his stead, steed. His power is unprecedented and terrifying, but it is not absolute. He can be stopped, but it will take the cooperation of all small folk, a unified response from every nation that can be rallied. Together we will win. 
but we cannot tarry a moment. Chief Defender Halgra, esteemed council members, I humbly ask you to spare every man you can and send them out on a horse this very moment to a neighboring city to begin our defense in the war to end all wars. She solemnly thinks on what you said. And then she really, like, she's addressing everyone, but you can tell she's just addressing you, and she's like, when Trunau was ransacked, I warned the neighboring strongholds that this wasn't an isolated attack. When you returned from Red Lake Fork, Fork, Fuck, I can't believe did it. Did you really do that? That's amazing. <laughs> you saw me if you it. really did fort, that. Fort, fort. Or if you didn't, I will that always... was really well done. Yeah. Okay, Red Lake Fort. 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 When you returned from Red Lake Fort, again I sent ravens to cities and villages shut up nearby. I still love, I mean, obviously now at 250 episodes, we've had so many great memes made and, and uh, artwork from the nation and everything. It's just great stuff. One of the first ones I ever remember getting is just One the mountains, the, memes, yeah. the sea of red, and a fork just photoshopped sticking, <laughs> sticking out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So simple Somebody gave us so a giant funny. fork. Somebody gave us a giant yeah. fork. We, we still have in our silverware drawer we all got red lake forks fork. like, oh, that, like right. carved into the fork. I have one at home, and every once in a while when I'm doing the washing up, I'm like, what is this rough spatch on this fork? And it's like just a normal fork, but someone hammered in. I forgot who. I'm sorry right now if you're watching. Yeah, I'm but sorry. Like it has Red Lake fork on it, and I just like <laughs> cut my thumb on it once. It was great. And it was a red fork at that point. Sorry, I, I was drinking. When you returned from <laughs> Red Lake Fort, again I sent ravens to cities and villages nearby that a great storm was approaching. No one has fully prepared, Sheriff. I do not know what it will take, but I will do my best to let the whole Zabelkson know that a war is coming to their doorstep, and they better be prepared. I'm so fucking fired up. <laughs> it's just a burst. They are stubborn, and they are set in their ways. They think... We were the only ones to suffer. That they'll be fine. That they're stronger than us. That they could not fall. We will do everything we can to warn them. Tom, <laughs> gather up our best diplomats <laughs> to head throughout the holds of Belkson. Just legions of diplomats yes, living in Trunau. We have people with very high charisma. Please send them throughout the holds of Belkson to relay this information. Should I go too? No, Tom, that... That would be terrible. It's too <laughs> valuable here. Yes, you're, you're, you're far Your too services are needed here. Here, yes. We also have... We have documents outlining their battle plans. Yes. And their organizational strategies. If I could make photocopies of this. Yes. They will be very helpful for our... Might as well many. just scan them. It'll be easy, less paper. Scan them an email. Tom, scan them an email. This is where Tom will come in handy. Tom, make copies of all of these documents, and we will give them to our many, many diplomats <laughs> as we send them throughout the holds of Belkson How? to warn people of the coming storm. Halgra, before they leave, you yes. must send them with these. And Baron reaches into his bag of holding and pulls Andrew out... three guns. <laughs> pulls out uh, 
uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Um, or is it the other way around? Uh, he pulls out uh, dragon scales for each of the riders. He's been keeping like one dragon scale from each of the dragons he's killed. And he's hoping that'll be a rare enough artifact to wake their asses up. She takes the, the dragon scales and she, she holds them and she stares at them. These tidings of dragons are... And she can't even find the words. There have been reports of dragons flying through the night sky, even here in the holds of Belson. Whoa. There have been no recorded attacks, as far as we know, and in fact, no one has even seen them. But even our night guards have heard them fly, have felt their, the breeze go by as they fly over at night. And we've heard the same rumors from neighboring towns. Scout, Dogrith says kind of loud. <coughs> Sorry, Chief Defender, but probably scouts. Storm Tyrant's using them to scout the lands, and he intends to take over, make his plan of attack. Yes, this is what we deduced as well. They are watching, biding their time, preparing with this talk of dragons in these dragon scales. Something must be done. True now is ready. But the rest, they are not. Is there a uh, Belkson area, last wall, is it last wall version of like a Helm's Deep? Is there like a place like a fort that it, yeah, if yeah. The shit goes down? Well, there's smaller. like a sky citadel, but I don't think it's in the holds of Belkson. Named Urgear. Yeah, I'm just curious if, like, the border settlements of humans have, like, a plan. You know, even if it was orcs getting out You know, of Yanderhoth is probably the closest. Oh, but you got to trek over the you mountains. you got to trek over the mountains and get killed by giants on the way. Well, uh, but Yanderhoth's yeah. all underground. I mean, Helm's Deep is a trek, too. Totally through the mountains. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's the same. What, what, and Dunharrow, too. Like, same thing. Do What's you suggest this? we leave our home? Leave oh. now to fall? Homes can be rebuilt. <laughs> Crops resown. You have to save your lives. As you can see, even this orc attack, you rebuilt the walls in a matter of months from what Baron tells me. But if this is a coordinated effort across the entire continent, where will they hide? <sighs> we must take our stand. I understand what you're saying, Mitra. I just look at these walls and... Uh, Never mind. Perhaps we should bring the fight to them. Aye. That sounds good to me. Your fortresses, your classic means of defense are not going to be much against these giants. We have to find another way to fight them. I think Mitch was right. We go on the offensive. (laughs) Is there a means you have devised yet among any of you to bring these dragon scouts down? Perhaps a single large crossbow that could just shoot a dragon out of the sky <laughs> with no fucking effort whatsoever. No, no, that would be ridiculous. That would be fucking absurd, I'm I agree. Gonna... I'll withdraw. Yes, no. Maybe you could... It would only be ridiculous if you mounted them on ships that you could hide <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Stupid. It, 
It's an idea of a child. A child who does not understand. War. We, we yes. kid. War. We kid. An enormous story cheat, if nothing else. <laughs> we don't kid. We don't kid. It, it's dumb. It ruined everything. <laughs> Didn't ruin everything. No, it was already ruined before. Ruined everything. Right. Just that story. Yes. <laughs> Didn't ruin. Like, like, I still, Denmark is fine. I can still watch Charlie Brown Christmas. Right. And I'm, it didn't it's ruin awesome. everything, Matthew. Just yeah. that story. Just that show. Arbor Day is still Arbor Day. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> the things that aren't weren't ruined. Yeah. Denmark. Yeah, Denmark. Arbor Day. Andorra. Arbor Day. All fine. And Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown Christmas. Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas. As, as for your prisoner, I have been brought up to speed. But would you explain to the council why he is in chains? We are the council of defenders. You know this. We are tasked with protecting true now from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Baron nods knowingly and respectfully at uh, Chief Defender Halgra and says, kind of accusingly at the rest of them with his finger out, You should know this man. I drug him out of your own jail. He killed a town guard, a colleague of the grass. He killed him because of a minor disagreement over a dice game. You see Jagran just hang his head. That alone is proof that he's a killer and he deserves punishment. But he's deviously recalcitrant, unrepentant. He killed again. Not just the giants and other monsters we found on the way to Minderhall's Valley. He killed a good, innocent man in cold blood. A man who suffered on behalf of us in a fighting pit. Mauled by bears. A descendant of a great hero. A man who sacrificed his own arm to inherit a steel hand with which to smite the giant's advance so you wouldn't have to. His name was Umlo Nargrimkin. Umlo was sleeping peacefully when he was slain. You see, Nestor's not just a murderer, he's a low-down, dirty coward. And he's twisted. I know he took pleasure from it. He corrupted Metra's daughter, Della, my deputy, and I let him out of captivity and into this world, and I'm partly responsible for his misdeeds, and I I need your help setting the record straight before he kills again. One day he may kill one of you or some other poor soul that didn't deserve it, but he must stand trial for his crimes, and I'm a sheriff, not a judge. That's why I humbly beg your counsel to place this man on trial. For murder. There is much the people of Trunau must know. Tomorrow, we will tell them. And we will hold this trial for Mr. Coyne in public. In front of the eyes of men, women, and the gods. There is evil in this world, and people must know what will be done about it. There, his fate shall be decided. And we fade out of that scene. I can't handle it. (laughs) (laughs) And we come up on Adriel and Sir Will again. Oh. 
Sir Willigan, who's that? Sir Willigan, yes. Sir Willigan, here on Willigan's there was a no man named Sir Willigan. You've been traveling for days now. Oh. Maybe over a week at this point. You know, time is relative in these sort of things. This isn't all chronological. Your meeting Timey-wimey with Sophia really could be, you know, weeks ago. Is it daytime? Yes, it is daytime. And you think maybe you're within a day of this sec Navali that your mother spoke of. Well, what are you guys talking about? What is your conversation sort of revolved around? Uh, what are your fears, your hopes, your dreams? Uh, I think Will is like, he's turned a corner. I think that he's probably pretty uh, morose and melancholic like the whole way up there. And now, I mean, the return of Lexington is ridiculous. I'm still trying to like, process that as a player i'm like that is insane that that happened so between that adriel's like saying that his mother was alive finding his mother finding out that like it's probably brander's been messing with his mom too it's like he's just getting them all fired up and re uh, recalibrated toward you know uh his faith and this desire to strike out at, at this enemy so i think that he's I don't know. He feels really happy and really excited and almost chipper in a way that, you know, he used to be that he hasn't been in in a really long time. And um, so I think he's just like, you know, ah, it's a beautiful, I'm doing a dog's voice. It's a beautiful day. (laughs) He's not there. I know. It's a beautiful day. Soothsayer. You. (laughs) Soothie McGillicuddy. Soothie, oh, Soothie McGinn. (laughs) Uh, tell me one. Uh, tell me one of your tales. No, uh, he's he's uh, you know very uh, he's very chipper and, and uh, more like his old self. Exactly, exactly. Ah, oh, the beauty of Shailen's world, isn't it? Wonderful to behold. The singing of the birds. It's like a, It's like music flowing through the air. Isn't that right, Lexington? He's just you know patting him on the side, and then uh, every once in a while turning to Adriel and just like, you were you were right. I shouldn't have doubted you. Well done. Well done. Well, I hope that now you see the howling of the wolves in the Shutterwood was foreshadowing of what was to come. Yes. At the time, I didn't see it. You're right. But now, things look so much brighter. Yes. Well, I'm actually a bit worried lately, so well. Why is that? As we've camped along this journey, uh, and you've slept... It's very cute watching you and Lexington sleep together, actually. You cuddle very adorably. I haven't slept this well in a very long time. I know. He seems to be both your companion and your pillow. It's a <laughs> nice combination. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been looking into the flames, Sir Will. And I've been troubled by what I've seen lately. Behind Great Ember Flame, I see... An enormous castle in the clouds. It is an ill omen and terribly foreboding. It is a kingdom built upon bones, and its sewers run crimson with blood. What is showing you this vision? Is it your... What do you call, uh, sorry, your patron? Is that what you call it? Keelpath. Keelpath, yes. Is it 
Kilpath, is your connection resuming in some way? Oh, I am still cut off from Kilpath. Oh. Might and wisdom. But I am still connected to the oracular network and I feel a great deal of activity. I feel others reaching out and seeing the same thing. A city in the uh, clouds or a, a castle? What did you say? A castle. Castle in the clouds. Great, monstrous castles built not to show order and love and progress, but tyranny and hatred. Well, surely it must be the giants. Is it not a giant castle? It is difficult to tell. I can only see mitigated visions being cut off from Kilpas, but a kingdom that would build such a castle must be built upon the engine and the gears of war. I fear a great war to come. And when I think about it, I think it's the war to end all wars. And that war somehow involves this castle. Yes, I agree. You've, you haven't mentioned the castle before now, but you have been alluding to such a war. You say we will have a part in it, right? Correct. And we could not do it alone. It must be with the aid of Iomede, of Shalen, of Kilpath. This war, I think, will need all of them behind us. Consider it an early warning at this point, but I feel as if our path right now is exactly where we're intended to be. Yes, you're one step ahead of me. That was my next question. Is this monastery, this mysterious vision my mother speaks of, does it align with these visions? Are we on the right path? All roads may lead to the visions I see, but whether they are straight and well-paved or meandering and underfoot is yet to be seen. Well, you've done a wonderful job so far of leading us on the right path. Now I believe Iomade could take over. He looks up at the sky, looks back down. She will show us the way. You must have faith. I do. Remember, sir, Will, before you learn the teachings of uh, Yomide or Shailen, you first experienced the power of the gods and the love Sophia gave to you. And remember that hate does not conquer love. It is love that defeats hate. Never forget that. He's sort of like... His expression falls for a minute. Wise words, Soothsayer. I feel I have fallen into that very trap before. But one can learn from one's mistakes, right? This is what they are for. Well, I suppose now I shall have to learn a lesson from you and learn to smile on the rest of our journey until we see what this place is your mother pointed out to us. Yes, of course. If we are to meet our end in the last great wars, this giant of the sky citadel comes to subjugate all of us and kill everyone we know, wouldn't it be better to meet it with a smile? <laughs> It'd be better to enjoy the singing of the birds one last time before it happens. I think so. Let's have a listen. 
<laughs> so I imagine as this conversation is going at a certain point, because I, I always think in terms of film terms, you guys are walking along and having this conversation, and then at a certain point, we just hear you, but we no longer see you walking. We see you uh, later on uh, approaching Seknavali, uh, this vast stone temple complex oh, built sh- upon a thick metal platform suspended over a mile-deep chasm by three immense chains. And it looks like there used to be a fourth chain that either eroded over time or was broken. And so because of that, the wind just makes this monetary, monastery sway. So freaking cool. But that is not your focus. And so, again, you're just you're having this conversation as we're seeing you go east from there, as your mother said. And eventually you come to a stone building. Looks like it may have once been a temple. I'm going to be honest. I thought this was an Ep 300 thing. <laughs> like actually getting to the temple. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Just you wait. <laughs> Maybe it was a temple. Can't quite tell now. It looks like a place for runaways or bandits or a horrible nest of CR-22 creatures. You have no idea of no. <laughs> I have no idea. As you approach, do you continue to approach? Yes, but we will do so cautiously. I think Will is, he's happy, he's invigorated, but he's not uh, too over, under cautious. I don't know what the word is, but he stops and, Adriel, reach out with your mind. With your mind, do you sense anything? Adriel just... Hits two pieces of flint on the side of his hands. The whole forest catches fire. <laughs> Smoke no, up there. No, runs no. out in a flame suit. Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, detect magic. We'll do all all types of uh, of uh, different uh, ways of looking out that he has at his uh, his uh, disposal. Sure. Uh, you reach out, um, you know, sixty feet all around you, feeling for magic, and there is magic emanating from this temple or former temple hmm um sir will trot up on lexington to within 60 feet okay get within 60 feet and it just so strange this building because feels like it might have been a place that worshipers would have lined up and come from all the neighboring towns and all the neighboring towns are gone and yet this temple still stands is it in ruins? It's parts of it are. It's it's actually uh, withstood the test of time better than you would have thought, as most churches do. But as you get close, something seems off with Lexington. He starts. Lexington, you're all right, boy. Starts sniffing in the air, and he growls. And when he growls, you hear a growl in response from somewhere in the brush, and it's this like moment where you're all looking around trying to figure out where that other sound is coming from and just then the ruined door of the temple opens and out steps a young woman her skin has a greenish hue to it but it's not dark green like an orc or even the two-tone hue of a half-orc it's even lighter She steps out and looks at you, hands up, like, as a show of non-aggression. And then behind her steps a young man with what looks like a brand 
or a burned-in image on his chest of a butterfly. Oh, yeah, dude! What? Come on with this! It's Galabras motherfucker. <laughs> oh, baby! What? Oh, baby! I've heard of him. I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, Galabras Finn walks out next to, you don't know, but Shia. And just stands there looking at you. Going back through the campaign. (laughs) Sir Will's never seen Galabras, right? No. When you finally came to True Now after you were rescued by the the B team, uh, he was already taken. We right, but know. when I was first in Trunel, he was there, but he was, he was there, but a vegetable. Like, hey, let's go. And see I was that down at the bar. I didn't know him. Yeah. yeah, I saw him while he was still comatose. And uh, that's right. And you forgot that you yeah. had the means of saving him until later. Yeah, and <laughs> the part of the reason why is because I thought it was plot based, so I never tried it. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. either way, you I see him now, way. and he is no longer feeble minded. In fact, there is a very different aura about him. Galabras, do you remember me? You know this man? I've seen him before in Trunau. And the boy steps up, and he has, he looks like the Galabras that you would have known, but there's something about his eyes that look, there's a serenity about him, but there's also some kind of great pain, even a deeper pain than you, he would have had when you, when you did know him, if you had. And he says, A halfling and a wolf, a dwarf with the aura of dragons about him. No doubt there is a tale worth hearing behind it all, for such things are not often seen here. And under his breath, Adria whispers, So well. This place, these two people, they've been hidden from my vision. There's something strange and special about this place and these people I do not know, good or ill. Forgive me, good sirs, I ask, only for our own protection as travelers on the road. May I detect evil? (laughs) <laughs> How do you say that? May I uh, detect evil? <laughs> detect evil. It's kind of like how now with the uh, coronavirus going around, if someone sneezes, you yeah. have the right to just exactly. book it. So yeah. you should just be like... Zoom. Punch him in the face and then right. run. Yeah. Yeah. The coronavirus that's what people the, or these people? No, the coronavirus. Oh, okay. That's why, what the CDC, why would you touch their face? That's what the CDC recommends. Oh, boy. Are you reading... How dare you have a sneezing? And then run. I don't think, I don't think that's it. Are you reading Google the it. Crappy Disease Center's Google website? It. Google okay. There is no... Ill will or distrust here, I assure you. We just... You know it is a dark time. Forgive me. There is is no spell you may cast that would hurt me. (gasps) Nice. (laughs) Crazy. So we'll we'll cast Detect Evil. Detects, obviously, that Shale is evil. Galabras is not. And uh, charges at Shale. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, so, you know, once he detects they're not evil, he's like... We were sent here by a vision, and it seems we are greeted by friends. That is heartening indeed. Shall we speak inside, perhaps? And 
Galabras looks to Shiel. We have been traveling together for some time, he and I, and our other companion, and Cat Benatar walks out of the woods. <laughs> it is a long story, one which I could tell you when we are finished here, but we do not have time right now to catch you up on everything. There is a spirit within me that led me to Galabras because this spirit believes him to be a chosen one. A chosen one? Yes. The one meant to save the world, as it were. This spirit both plagues and blesses me. But she, along with Glabrus, have informed me that my work, our work, and she looks at all of you, is not yet done. Adriel, are you familiar with the concept of um, calling forth a planar ally? Yes, I have seen this ability within the flames, but I have yet to exercise it myself. Why do you ask? Calabras here has access to this magic that we seek, but we need you to help concentrate this powerful energy so that the ally is not some random denizen of the outer plains, but one specific person that can help us turn the tides in the great war that is to come. Yes, I can gaze into the plains and ensure that this ally comes forward rather than a foe. It's strange, as I look at you now, I feel as if I'm looking at the friend of a friend. Yes, as I said, we have much to discuss, but now we must prepare to call this ally. And... Galabras breaks the silence. Says, Be merry, my friends. A great storm is coming, but the tide has turned. We go in search of our dear companion. We called her Gormley. And we'll see you in part two. Oh! <laughs> I just realized I had no audio reaction. I should have screamed. <laughs> Holy shit! Go, Everest! Go, Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.
Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. 